Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Thanks for joining us once again. Today we have a question come in from Amanda and she was asking, how do I choose the right treats for my dog and the right treats for rewarding? And I make a big dif- I make a big deal about that because that's what she said and I'm going to unpack that in a moment. First and foremost, the most important thing when it comes to finding the right reinforcement for your dog is that your dog chooses what he finds reinforcing. That is the most important thing. You can't say, hey, but I've got chicken and he chooses to eat the frankfurts and I want him to eat the chicken. If he doesn't want the chicken, I don't know what dog doesn't want to eat chicken, but um, if he doesn't want to eat it or if he can't eat it, it's really important here that he determines that. So a lot of the times, some of my clients are trying to reward the dog with the boring ass liver treat and the dog's just not taking it, the dog's not really performing. The client asks for a behavior and there's no real drive actually, in fact, sometimes it doesn't the behavior doesn't even happen because the dog doesn't see any value in doing it where if i'm holding the lead and i tell the dog to sit and he does it really nicely and i reward and they find it perplexing is because i've got hot dogs in my in my pouch and they've got those boring treats so if the dog in that case really wants to work for the hot dogs then we use that and of course we're going to talk about other limitations and variables in a moment but there was one of my clients and i thought it was the funniest thing in the world is that he was training his dog and inside of his pouch was like zucchini and cucumbers and a whole bunch of random like composted veggies almost. Like they, they, were, they, were, they were the offcuts of what they weren't going to use and the dog goes crazy over it and bits of apple, whatever it was. And he asked me if that was okay. And I said, that is completely sweet as long as there's no um, the dogs are allowed to eat it and there's like no toxicity but also if the dog shows that intensity about it then go ahead and use it um i have no dramas with it the he in that moment determined that he ch- he chooses vegetables uh, over the the meat now look obviously the dog would work really good for the meat but he thought oh well i'm getting this extra nutrition to the dog's diet so why shouldn't i i'm like hey, i think that's pretty cool so um once that is established that's when we can then start to unpack well then how do we use the right treat um not just for performance and for focus and for drive, but for health and for um, well-being in in total. So we have to remember that treats are food and we shouldn't get mixed up with thinking that treats are separate from what dog eats. Like it is food, food is food, It's, it's, it's currency. Now we get mixed up because we think whatever comes from the bowl is a food and then the dog has to work for treats which can happen and it happens in my house. I, my dogs get fed every single day from the bowl, whether we do training or not. But if I do, decide to do training, I'm using the food, which is like extra food. It's treats. And I think that's what we can call treats. Treats are when it's extra outside of daily nutrition. And if we stop doing the training, the dog's still getting his nutrition through food. But we can leverage food to work as um, for us as much as possible. And what that means is we want to think about talking about an existential reward system. We've talked about this heaps of times on the podcast. If you don't know what that means, existential reward system means that the dog gets his food. His rewards are the food that he survives off. The food that happens in his day 
comes from the pouch, comes from the training, and there is no bowl involved in this process. And there's many benefits to this. First of all, you're not overfeeding your dog. You're leveraging that drive you can get. So for example, if the dog hasn't eaten that morning and you do training with the food, that, like the kibble that you have in your pouch, for example, if you do that over a couple of days, the dog learns that's where my food comes from. The activity comes very fulfilling. Where if you're feeding that food and then 20 minutes, an hour, three hours later, you ask the dog to do something for something extra, that that food, depending on the drive of the dog, some dogs, will you can, eat, they can give them the same food from the bowl and the same food from your hand. And they an hour later after feeding from the bowl, they'll still take that food. But what happens if you um, have fed your dog its daily rations and then you ask him to do something like recall away from a bird that he likes to chase? He's, he's thinking in his head, why come to you for the food you would give me that you would give me for free anyway that I've already filled my belly? In this moment, chasing that bird is a lot more desirable and he wants to pursue that more. In that moment, that was a higher reinforcing activity where if the dog only learns to get food from your pouch and you're still feeding the same amount of food, if you've got a young puppy, all the food comes from the, from the pouch and, and we'll talk a little bit about how we can make that um, work. However... If the puppy's out about and sees some birds, and gets all excited, and I go, hey, hey, pup, pup, come, and your dog comes back to you, he's thinking, I'm going to get fed now. This is awesome. There's an opportunity. The window is open for potential food, and that's what a command is. The command should be an opportunity that food may or may not come, but that's when it's going to happen. And then as you get to a point of training, um, I wouldn't do this for puppies, but as they get a little bit older, if you Tell your dog, like you're out in the front yard, you're doing one of your regular feeding training sessions and you ask your dog to come and he goes, no, I don't feel like coming. You're like, okay, it's all right. I'll um, shut off any opportunity for food right now and we'll try this in a couple of hours, maybe tomorrow morning. And the dog's like, what the hell? I didn't get fed today. And that's how we can develop a little bit more drive. We have to be careful about that. I don't want you guys to just stop feeding your dog because he hasn't done something because there's so many elements of why that may be irresponsible. For example, if the if your dog's freaking out by another dog out the front there, walking past on the footpath and you're in the driveway and you're asking the dog to come, but your dog's in a real mad state of fear, then I don't think food was an option for him in that moment. And then to withhold the food can be confusing depends on distance and stuff. So it's not like it's incorrect, but you just got to make sure you're doing it properly so we're not like confusing the dog or, or being overly slack or anything. But if you if there was like something like a bird and the dog's not scared by the bird, but wants to chase it and you go, hey, come. And he's like, no, nah, not today. I'm like, that's okay. Restaurant's closed, buddy. And then he's like, oh my God, I screwed up. And then next time you call him to come, he's going to be more likely to come to you. And that's how we can leverage that existential reward system by showing him that food is food, treats aren't, the word we use, we use the word reward, and the reward is a type of reinforcement. So if we can show the dog that he has to do it, just like when you go to work, and if you go to work, you get paid, you can pay for the things you need in life. However, if you don't go to work, you don't get paid, you can't pay for those things. That's why we value work so much, and because it's, it's an existential thing for most of us people. Some people have an abundance of money and they work not to get paid, but because the 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 act of working and and the pursuit that they're on is the reinforcement and the money is just a cool side effect. So we have to think about how we're motivated and how we're dr- driven because it's what we need to think about when it comes to our training. If you're not, if you're going to decide to, I still feed my dog from the bowl, but I want to use extra food, 
So when I go to clients' houses, my pouch is full of frankfurts. I cut them up into small pieces. They're high value. They taste really good, but they're soft. So as soon as I gave it to the dog, he will consume it and swallow it straight away. Dry treats can be typically boring, as I said before, and also harder to consume. So the dog starts chewing it and dropping on the floor and inhaling it and choking on it and coughing it back up. So it kind of ruins the flow of the session and it's not as as desirable for the dog. So the dog won't work as hard for it. So if you are going to be existentially rewarding your dog through your kibble, that can be fine as well because, as I said, we've made that food more valuable rather than you feed your dog, like the typical dog, if we're going to go do some training, we generally don't use a dog's kibble. You want to use something super exciting so the dog does it. And those frankfurts will last all day in my pouch, and most dogs will take it. Where if I rock up session one and I've only got something boring, like it's kibble, the dog's not going to work for it. So if you are going to use a treat or an extra food for reward, then use something like frankfurts, chicken, cheese, whatever it is that your dog can have. And again, um, if your dog has any intolerances to any food, of course, you have to shift and adjust how you feed your dog, etc. But a lot of my clients that start off with their puppy training with existentially rewarding, those puppies are um, super happy. They're really fulfilled and they perform the obedience for us. And it's a good way to set a good foundation for life. And then as we start progressing through the through the months and years, that's when we can start to add on more and more to this castle that we're going to build. And if your dog finds training as part of its life because it's how it gets fed, we've just changed everything about what tra- what um, training's all about. And if you listen to a couple of weeks ahead, um, we're talking about training is learning a language with your dog and it's developing a sport with your dog. And for those things to become valuable, you need to be using the right the right form of reinforcement. Also, another thing uh, thinking about when it comes to rewarding a dog is Let's not just make the act of the dog eating the food the reward. We can make the food delivery a little bit more dynamic and make it a, an act of a game. We can play with our dog. And what I mean by that is, for example, if I call my dog to come back to me, but he's perplexed by those birds and he really is coming, but he's not as excited by it and driven by it. What I can do is as soon as he comes close to me, I reward him, but as I give the marker, yes, as he's in motion towards me, I start to run around for him to chase that food so I can act as, um, use that food and food drive, sorry, and switch it into prey drive. So we can all play drive, rather. He's chasing the, the treat and that food delivery becomes an exciting game. And a lot of the times, like, so for example, when we're practicing the name game, if you don't know what that means, Nutris Pooches YouTube, and you can type in the name game, I talk about building value in the dog's name. So when my dog's up ahead looking at something, I want to be able to use a little bit of leash pressure in his name. And as soon as he looks at me, so I go, Prince, pressure. He looks at me, I mark it. And then as he comes towards me to receive the food, I pull my hand away and I start to use my legs and move around. So then every time I say the dog's name, he's like, oh my God, something, something's about to happen. And then I'm going to, we're going to use that name coming prior to commands. And then there's a whole reason for that. When, and yesterday when we were doing the name game, I saw my client giving the food to the dog. We don't want to give the food to his mouth. We want him to come to us. And that way that you can make something not as exciting a little bit more exciting. And if we can make the most of what we have and make it more exciting, reinforcing, rewarding to the dog, then our dog's doing it not just for food but for connection with us. And then now we play a bigger piece in that puzzle as well. And please, for God's sakes, guys, just get a treat pouch. 
super easy, easy dog snack pack. They're really small. They can clip onto your belt buckle onto the side of your pants and you can keep your food in there. Trying to get food out of your pocket, trying to find somewhere where the food's at after you're trying to reward the dog. You mess up your timing. Your consistency is out of whack. You got dirty pants because you got treats in your pocket that you forgot about yesterday and it's hot, summer, it's gross. There's so many benefits of just having a pouch on and it means that you're committed to your training. But also, there's no use trying to use food if you can't get the food quick enough to your dog and deliver the treat in the right amount of time. So make sure that you'll set yourself up for success and have food in your pouch. And of course, we're, we're dog trainers that talk all about markers. We use markers every single day in our training. So if you don't know what that is, listen to them. What is marker training back in the early days? I think it's like episode three or something. And you want to be able to um, make sure that your dog understands why you're getting the food. So if you only have listened to this episode and don't know what a marker is, look that up because that makes everything easy. And I want to wrap this up, not talking about food, but talking about don't just see a reward as coming in the form of food. Rewards are also forms of play with the ball, with your tug, and whatever other activities that you like to do with your dog. So try to think of rewards are reinforcements, but not all reinforcements come in rewards. So giving access to your dog, um, giving access to go, go through the doorway, that's reinforcement, playing the game of tug for, for obedience. So think about that as well as trying to find just the right food for your dog because food it plays a part, a big part in our training. Without it, where it's not the same system, but it's not everything of the system. So don't be too obsessed by the food, but make sure you're looking at the whole picture of your dog training. And that's the picture that we're trying to paint throughout our whole podcast. So I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If it's benefited you, let us know because um, feedback from you guys is really important. Share this with a friend. Anyone's got any questions, let us know through Instagram, Life With Your Dog Podcast, or through Facebook. And until next time, have fun with your dog. Find the right treat for your dog and have a good day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate, and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips, and techniques, visit nooches.pooches.com.au. Thank you and stay tuned for next time.